good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. Thai media vowed to fight as ban on fake, distorted news, fear-mongering begins today. The Thai government has barred media from disseminating fake or distorted news and news that could stir fear regarding the COVID-19 outbreak effective from today, Friday, with a threat of censorship if violations are made. Thailand's Prime Minister, Prayut Chanacha, signed a restriction order, which was published in the Royal Gazette yesterday. According to the order, the media are banned from publishing and broadcasting information that incites fear or with intent to twist the information and cause confusion which may affect national security and stability. The National Broadcasting and Telecommunications Commission has the authority to revoke the license of media which violate the rules. The NBTC will also be required to not just monitor news deemed to be distorted and fear-mongering, but also to inform the police of the identity of the violators. Those found guilty could have their IP addresses traced and internet access cut by the MBTC. In a joint statement by six media associations in Thailand, issued on Wednesday against existing restrictions under the state of emergency, and in anticipation of the new order, the organization said, Our earlier demands were ignored by the government. Although a small number of media agencies have sometimes presented news that was inaccurate, their actions were not the result of any intentional plot to disseminate falsehood or cause damage to society, as is often alleged by the government and its information officers. These were simply journalistic errors that can sometimes occur in the media industry. We call upon all professionals in the media and news agencies to stand united and oppose the government's new measures. We also urge the media establishment to take utmost care to ensure that their news coverage is accurate and complement with the highest journalistic standards to deny the government any excuse to interfere with media operations, they added. Meanwhile, high online news website, The Standard, posted an open letter on its Facebook page to express its opposition to the new government order. They state that the loss of lives due to COVID-19 is not fake news, adding that denying or not telling the truth will cause more widespread damage, the standard says. Enforcing the order clearly shows the government's intention to engender fear among the public and to limit freedom of speech and the press. In light of the COVID-19 outbreak, people need to know the facts and information from all sides. Therefore, the government should stop using the expression fake news as a weapon to diminish those who present the fact, which may not be what the government want to hear, even if there is clear supporting evidence or scientific information. The press and the public are not enemies, but they reflect and check the facts. They have no intention to cause fear or to harm national security. If there were any mistake for which they are responsible, they would be addressed in accordance with their professional ethics. The government should genuinely express their intention to solve the problem, provide transparent information, use clear communication without causing confusion and accept the truth, especially relating to the public health sector, which is currently in crisis as the loss of lives from COVID-19 is the truth not fake news. The standard also demands that the government revokes the order and not exploit the freedom of press which will adversely affect the human right to know the information. The order is in accordance with the nationwide state of emergency in place since March 2020 and has been repeatedly extended now to September 30, 2021, as the decree can only be enforced no more than 90 days at a time. 
So unfortunately, Thailand seems to be heading down a very slippery path. Now people will ask, how does that affect our channel here? Well, it doesn't. At the end of the day, all our stories are sourced from Thai news agencies and we publish all links to the source material. In essence, we can do no more. Now, in relation to the article released by The Standard, I completely agree with everything that they've had to say. Their points are clear, articulate, and make complete sense. The problem in all of this right now is that the government don't want to be criticised for anything that they do. And a simple way out of this for the government, rather than banning media and trying to come up with ways to stifle free speech, is to do a better job, and then you will have less criticism. But it seems that doing a better job is not in the plan, but just rather it's easier to shut the media up, and then they'll have nothing to worry about. So we're going to leave it at that in relation to this story, and we're going to jump into today's numbers for COVID. There were 117 new COVID-19 fatalities and 17,345 new cases over the past 24 hours, the Public Health Ministry reported on Friday morning. There were 16,664 cases in the general population and 681 among prison inmates. Over the past 24 hours, 10,678 COVID-19 patients were diagnosed, recovered and were discharged from hospital. And yet again, we are in the high 17,000s with a upward trajectory and not looking like we're going to see anything reducing in the near future. Now, they are numbers that the government cannot say are fake. They're definitely real. And those people that died, rest in peace, are all real people. Now, our next story, the Phuket governor orders the entire province sealed off. The Phuket governor has ordered the entire province sealed off with travellers from other provinces not allowed to enter Phuket starting from August 3, while the fate of the Phuket sandbox scheme is yet to be determined. A provincial order signed by Governor Narong Wunsi on Thursday outlined the stiffer travel restrictions in Phuket. People from outside the province are prohibited from travelling to Phuket with the exception of those transporting essential goods, students and emergency medical services. Those exempted are still required to be fully vaccinated and have proof to show at the entry checkpoint. Meanwhile, Department of Disease Control Director General said the department will monitor the COVID-19 situation in Phuket for another two weeks to decide whether to keep the Phuket sandbox scheme. Phuket, he said, has done a good job controlling COVID-19 transmissions in the province. As of the 12,395 foreigners visiting the island, 30 infected people have been identified and quarantined. In this respect, the province has successfully in tracking down all infected visitors and preventing transmissions from spreading to communities, he said. Dr. Konjonsak said local tourism related businesses have also complied with containment measures. The DDC said the total of 148 cases were reported in Phuket over the past week. All were brought in from other provinces. Some are Phuket residents who work in other at-risk provinces and return to the province to seek medical treatment. Nevertheless, he said that those who are at high risk will be isolated at local quarantine facilities. Currently, there are nine active infection clusters in Phuket and all infected people from the clusters have now been quarantined, he said. The DDC will await for two weeks to assess whether local quarantine facilities will have enough capacity to accommodate any new patients. The healthcare system in Phuket is currently at 36% of its capacity and still can handle new cases without serious cases that require ventilators, he said. He went on to say that recent inspections at construction worker camps by Mr. Narang found there were no infections reported in them. The bubble and seal approach has also been enforced in a further 800 worker camps as a precaution without the need for testing, he said. The Phuket sandbox scheme should be able to continue for now. We need another two weeks to assess the situation and look at the numbers of patients before deciding whether the scheme should carry on. 
and leading into that, more Phuket venues ordered closed, ban on movement of migrant workers. New provincial orders have been issued to close more venues for sport and activities and to control the movement of migrant workers on the island from July 30th following the record new number of daily infections on the island. The new order was issued by the Governor and publicly posted by the Phuket Office of the Public Relations Department yesterday evening. The latest order issued yesterday expands on the venues to be closed and other restrictions as ordered on Tuesday, which saw all schools on the island order closed until August 16th. Under the order issued yesterday, the listed venues are to be closed for 18 days from July 30 to August 16th. Snooker and billiard halls and other venues with pool tables as well as internet and game cafes are ordered to close. Boxing training schools and all other martial arts schools as well as swimming pools under management of private companies or local officials are to close. Sports stadiums, outdoor venues for exercise, public parks and other areas for activities are to close at 9pm. Any sport that requires players to have close contact is prohibited. Gathering as audience or spectators is also prohibited. Fitness centres, gyms and other indoor venues for exercise must close at 9pm and when open must limit the number of people in the venue. Meanwhile, a separate order banning the movement of any migrant workers living in camps on the island into or out of Phuket by air, land or sea is banned immediately. The order is in effect from today until August 16th. When travelling on the island, working and staying at camps, workers must strictly follow the DMHTTA measures the order noted. Any worker camps or work sites in risk will have staff from Phuket Provincial Public Health Office together with relevant officials will go conduct proactive case screening by RT-PCR tests or using antigen test kits, the order added. If any worker tests positive for COVID-19, the camp must be isolated and under bubble and seal measures and have a camp manager to control the situation and update officials, the order said. So we have a lot to break down from these articles. The first thing that strikes me is how they seem to be patting themselves on the back for a great job in detecting the COVID infections in foreigners coming from abroad. Now, let's all remember that foreigners from abroad are required to be fully vaccinated, have a PCR test before they come, a PCR test when they arrive, and two other PCR tests during their 14-day stay. And somehow they believe they've done a great job for catching the 30 cases. It beggars belief at times. And then on the other hand, they've taken their eye off the ball completely in relation to domestic travellers coming on the island, which are the larger group of people. But sometimes you just don't know where to go with stories like that. Now, on the other hand, we can also look at the Phuket sandbox being kept going. Now, the island is effectively shut. You cannot go onto the island. However, you can leave if you wish to. They're not stopping you leaving. You just won't be able to get back on till at least August 16th. I can see that being extended if the infections don't get better. And that's just a way of life right now. You know, we're in a a time of COVID where we're going to see lockdowns of islands and of areas and we just have to accept that to a certain degree. In relation to the Phuket sandbox model, that's being kept going. Just to inform you, there was 204 arrivals yesterday. The island hopping and the seven days on Samui or Kaolak or Koyai or PP has been postponed and it's been postponed until at least August 15th, meaning the earliest arrival that could happen on at these places would be the 22nd of August. Another issue that they've seemed to have had was the lack of information they've given to residents within these areas. Now, residents with, on the island of Koyao are very upset with the governments and the provincial government for not explaining to them that they were going to allow foreign tourists on the island. They've apparently had no idea this was going to happen, even though the government had told the tourism authority to conduct meetings with people to inform them about it. Now, that didn't happen. 
And these residents have taken a vote now to not allow people and foreigners to travel onto the island for fear of COVID-19. I was speaking with a friend of mine today and we were both discussing this and the real lack of information. We had our first training session yesterday in relation to the SHA plus model. And even after the training, it was three and a half hours, we were both as confused as when we started because none of it made any sense. The sealed route doesn't make sense and it doesn't make sense how people can go in and out of it without being checked. Hopefully they'll have more time now with the delayed opening and maybe we'll see some more coherent rules and regulations. Now about the worker camps. It's quite to lock people up in camps when they don't even have COVID. Now many of the workers they're talking about are in these kind of aluminium framed huts and maybe you've seen them if you've ever been to Thailand just shacks with aluminium walls and roofs and they're very hot inside and they're quite disgusting I've seen a few of them up close and personal myself and you wouldn't want to stay in it ever the whole idea that they should be practicing social distancing within these is just nonsense it's a far cry from the reality of what the situation is and locking people up like that when they have no symptoms there's no proof they have covid I just think that's completely wrong. And, you know, I I really don't know what to say about it. When you think about how they treat migrant workers, it's really just disgusting in many ways. And they really need to focus a bit more on humanity and less on trying to blame people for COVID. Because as we see in Phuket, COVID has come from the local population, the local Thais and expats there. It hasn't really come from migrant workers, but they seem to have been having the finger pointed at them, which I think, again, is just craziness. But it does show you a little bit of the xenophobia that exists and maybe also fear in relation to COVID. But I think politicians and government officials should know better. They're meant to be held to a higher account than the local population. I'm not really too sure that will ever happen. I think we're entering difficult times now in relation to tourism and I think they opened up too soon but now they've invested too much into this Phuket sandbox model. The more I read and the more I see statements I'm starting to think that there's no way on this planet they're going to shut it down. Just the loss of face would be too much. Yeah as I said they've invested too much in it at this stage and it's just not going to happen. It'll be keep the sandbox open at all costs no matter what. I know the idea is it's meant to be used as a model to show that maybe foreigners don't bring in that many infections you know but at the end of the day if you need to open up the international tourism you can't have all these COVID testings all the time. It needs to be just opened up allow tourists to come in and do their thing. The way to get tourism up and going in this country again is to get the population of Thailand vaccinated and not worry about these little schemes. Just get the population vaccinated and reopen. That's the only way it's ever going to work. But I'd love to know your opinion on all this and uh, would love if you could leave your comments down below in the comment section. Now next up, CCSA considers extending the dark red zone restrictions. The government is considering extending the COVID-19 lockdown in 13 dark red provinces for another two weeks as daily new infections continue to soar. Thailand reported a record 17,669 new cases and 165 fatalities yesterday. The Center for COVID-19 Situation Administration Operations Center yesterday discussed the extension of the lockdown and curfew measures, which will expire on Monday for another 14 days, the source said. Restrictions in some locations may be eased, but those in other areas may be tightened. The source said officials found that many people travel across provinces despite interprovincial travel curbs. 
the CCSA would ask people to cooperate and avoid such travel rather than impose a total ban because people in some businesses need to travel between provinces, the source said. Natapol Nakpanik, Secretary General of the National Security Council, in his capacity as Chief of the CCSA Operations Centre, stressed the need for additional proactive mass testing initiatives to help detect new infections. A 9pm to 4am curfew and other restrictions have been enforced since July 12th in the dark red provinces of Bangkok, Nantaburi, Samut Prakan, Samut Sakan, Patum Tanai and Nakhon Patam, and the southernmost provinces of Nariwutuat, Patani, Songkla and Yala. On July 19th, the government extended the curfew and other restrictions in Greater Bangkok and four southern provinces till at least Monday and added three more provinces, Chanburi, Changsao and Ayutthaya on the list of dark red zones, bringing the total number of provinces placed under lockdown to 13. Police Captain Pong Saporn, spokesman for City Hall, said the number of infections in the capital had reached almost 4,000 during the past two days. Bangkok led the country with 3,963 new transmissions yesterday, one day after logging 3,997 cases. Therefore, lockdown measures must remain in place in Bangkok to restrict people's mobility and constrain transmissions, the captain said. He said that even though the closure of construction worker camps in Bangkok had been lifted, the bubble and seal approach will still be enforced to prevent workers from coming into contact with others outside of their camp. In other news, community isolation has been implemented to help look after patients who cannot self-isolate at home due to a lack of medical attention as pressure on hospital beds rises, the police captain also stated. So yes, the restrictions don't seem to be making a huge dent in the numbers in these dark red zone provinces that are discussing the idea that they're asking people not to travel but people are traveling and that still is the big problem people are getting into their cars to go from one province to another there's no real issue you just fill out a little form online it doesn't even ask you what your reason for travel is it actually wrote optional on the uh, area to enter it in and you just show this qr code and you're good to go and uh, yeah the restrictions on travel don't exist within these red provinces and i don't really know what the issue is with it if you're going to have a lockdown have a lockdown if you're not going to have a lockdown then don't have one but we're stuck in this kind of thing in between which doesn't seem to be working and as you can see now because of that they're going to have to extend this kind of a lockdown for another two weeks which is really a terrible shame for people living in these provinces who are having their freedoms restricted hopefully we're going to see some decisive action to get things under control because right now things are not under control in any shape or form and finally billboards pop up around bangkok asking who's getting that pfizer as 1.5 million doses of Pfizer vaccines were unloaded at Bangkok Airport just before dawn, they were greeted by billboards which had cropped up around Bangkok with a single question. Who will get them? Billboards erected at several spots around the capital city pushed an issue raised by a coalition of medical professionals who want an honest accounting of who will benefit from the US donated vaccines and whether they will go to those most in need. Today, Thailand got 1.5 million doses of Pfizer vaccines, they read. But no one knows how many of them will go to vulnerable groups. Who are you actually giving the Pfizer vaccine to? Another read. Hours after several large pallets holding 1.5 million doses of Pfizer, much sought after vaccine were unloaded, medical professionals gathered at 11 a.m. outside the health ministry to deliver a petition asking for transparency and clarification on how many vaccines will go to which groups. Nearly half of the donations have been promised as booster shots to medical frontliners, 
hundreds of whom have been getting sick despite two doses of the less effective Chinese-made Cinebac. It's not the first time the group of medics consisting of healthcare groups, nurses, doctors for transparency, public health associations and others have taken action due to fear that some of the highly affected vaccines would be filched by Thailand's always get their ways VVIPs. On Tuesday, dozens gathered in front of the American Embassy on Wireless Road to ask for details about the distribution of 1.54 million donated Pfizer vaccines amid fear they would be funneled away from those most in need. Thailand's health ministry initially said 700,000 were earmarked for those in medicine. In subsequent communication, the minister reduced that to 500,000 without explanation, leading some to suspect interference by the endemically corrupt military-backed government. Thanks for tuning in today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and don't forget to leave us a five-star rating. We are available on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you tomorrow.